Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Good evening and God bless you for matriculating into tonight's edition of Springboard, your virtual university. Springboard is a multimedia educational and personal development intervention. The biggest and by far the most consistent of its kind running since the 4th of August 2008. Next two weeks, Sunday the 5th of August, will be time to celebrate 10 years of this broadcast and 10 years of this virtual university coming to you in your homes, on your radio sets, live on Facebook, and through different digital media. We've been reviewing the past, situating the present, and predicting the future, and next two weeks you'll get a sense of how far we've come and what the future holds. We're live here on Joy 99.7 FM and on Facebook streaming digitally on Albert N.E. Okran and Joy 99.7 FM. Our WhatsApp line for all questions and comments today, 0244 Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstition, Joy 99.7 FM. We are proudly sponsored by Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank, MTN, Ghana's Number one network and the Central University Ghana's premier private university. Print media support comes from the graphic business and check out Tuesday's graphic business for a full transcription of tonight's broadcast. On behalf of the virtual academic board, chaired by comfort with support from Matthew, Priscilla, Amos and Emmanuel, let me thank you for joining us on Joy 99.7 FM and of course live on Facebook. Before I settle down to tonight's discussion, which you will find very, very instructive, as you will recall, last Monday was the, my 50th, 50th, um, 50 years of God's grace in my life. And it was very a very special day, thanking God for His grace and thanking God for just the gift of life. For me, that was the most important thing, the very gift of life and the good people that God has surrounded you with. And so... I, I was I was very honored to have so many of you send messages. Many of you make time to swing by the Open Heavens Temple for a Thanksgiving service. And let me just thank you all for supporting us in every way that you did. Sending messages of uh, congratulations. Uh, I, I can't I can't acknowledge everyone, but let me say a big thank you to everyone that did something. A prayer. Uh, sent an acknowledgement, posted. I'm replying to as many messages as I can, but of course, you know that I will not finish. Somehow, some way, somebody will slip through the cracks. But let me use this platform to say a big thank you to everyone who prayed for us, who congratulated us, and it was also our 25th wedding anniversary celebration. It fell, it fell on the Tuesday before, but we chose that day to thank God for it. And so, let me just reserve a special thanksgiving for the the senior ministers that showed up at the thanksgiving service let me just um, acknowledge my pastor mensa otable who officiated that that beautiful ceremony with lady joy otable let me thank reverend morris apia let me thank prophet and mrs yawano for being there reverend and mrs dixon to four reverend dr joyce i bishop isaac quay thank you so much bishop and mrs titi of for coming prophet kakra Baden, reverend and mrs Andy Yorson, Reverend Reverend Dr. Obami Tete, Reverend and Mrs. Bernard Adiakwa, Reverend Canon Mokechi Ewili, and of course my brother Reverend Kofi Addison. I'm going to acknowledge a few more people um, as I go along, but let me single out Uncle James Ebo White, Ace Ankuma, Yoni Kolende, Kizitu Bayu, and of course the team from Multimedia, Kenna, Kenna Sakufiansa and the Multimedia Squad, and of course my friends from Men Helping Men, and then the Mobile 84 and Mobile Crew. Let's settle down to today's discussion. Last week, we, we shared some highlights of the upcoming Festival of Ideas slated for Thursday, the 16th of August, 2018. And we hosted George Ofusuhene, CEO of Bond, as he broke down the theme and the history of the Festival of Ideas, played a few excerpts from previous speakers, and lined up those who will be at the festival this year. Since then, we've had a, a, loads of calls from many of you asking about the festival and and asking how you can be part of the festival of ideas tonight you continue the build up 
with a discussion on the theme, Leveraging Strategy, Technology and Best Practices. It's something we've been exploring for quite a while now. And under the big theme today, we will be looking at the areas of procurement, supply chain management, and social media. And my two guests are resource persons for the breakout sessions at the Festival of Ideas. And so in the studios, I'm pleased to have Abel Hammond, who's the president of the of the Institute of Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport. I almost said corporate institute. Chartered Institute for Logistics and Logistics and Transport. He will help us unravel the most common mistakes that companies and organizations make in the area of procurement and logistics and help us to appreciate how much savings we can potentially make by inculcating best practice in along the entire supply chain. If you are if you are listening and you are part of an organization very concerned about waste loss of revenue as a result of wasting your business. This is a person you should listen to. He understands that I get very, very well and will be very helpful to you. Along the line we'll be joined by on phone by Naoyo Kumoji who will be handling the breakout session on at the festival of ideas on social in the area of social media but let me say good evening to you Abel Hammond, for making time to be with us tonight thank you very much uh, good to see you Abel. <laughs> thank you right so we will be talking generally uh, uh, a bit more specifically about supply chain but yeah. the theme for the festival leveraging strategy Technology and best practice. Why? Why would you think that that theme is 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 is, is important at a time like this? Yeah, I think it's it's very important because um, in this modern world, technology virtually is seem to be taking over humans, and um, our whole life is driven by technology. Even the basic now, the mobile phone has become a basic technology, but a lot of things happening in it, and it's really driving even social behavior. Uh, currently, people are closer to themselves, but still far away. You can see a lot of people line up, but nobody's talking to each other, and they're looking oh, they're talking to each other through their phones. <laughs> yeah, or something like that. So, so have close, sent, so far away. Have you sent a text message to your wife in your home before, like from home to home? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, so because it's it's virtually in the nook and cranny of uh, our ways of life, definitely it means that we must pay attention to it. Let's think about it. We can leverage it. Let's talk about the best practice part of the team. The team mm-hmm. flies on three pillars: yeah. strategy, technology, and best practice. Now, why why is it important that we we single out best practice, global best practices, and try and have a debate, a discussion about what are the best practices in every area of endeavor so that we look at, let's say, um, budgeting, what are the best practices, let's sales and marketing, or supply chain management, procurement, and the entire value chain. W- what are the best practices that others are using elsewhere? Why is it important that we spend time looking at best practice? Uh, best practice is very important because it helps you to leapfrog. You don't want to commit the same mistakes that others have already committed. Yeah, all historians, instead uh, of history, when you learn history, you realize that a lot of things that are happening now have happened before. And so when you learn it, uh, it helps you to, to avoid certain mistakes. I always say that um, Hitler could have avoided the military catastrophe that happened to him in in Russia if he had learned from Napoleon Bonaparte, who also faced the same problem of fighting Europe on two fronts. And as a result of that, the cold, bite, biting cold in, in Russia virtually killed a lot of its um, uh, army. So during the Waterloo, he had already been defeated. In the same way, um, Hitler, I don't know whether he ever read about Napoleon Bonaparte, also committed the same mistake. If he had Benjamin, at least from the mistake of others, I uh, would have avoided that. So when we learn from the mistakes of others who have uh, traversed the path that we are going now, then we can avoid a lot of pitfalls. 
Let's settle down to your favorite area of, of, of interest, supply chain management, the entire span. Give us a sense of what the whole supply chain management, the entire value chain, what, what is it about for the benefit of our listeners listening tonight? Um, supply chain management really, if you look at it, is just a new concept of managing, efficiently managing organizations. Right. What it says is that most organizations are inward looking. They're only thinking about their own internal activities. But external activities and other companies' activities impact on their own internal activities. So instead of working in silos, make sure that you work in, in a very coordinated manner seamlessly so that because of globalization, you are not produ- what you are producing today, you need raw materials all the way sometimes from China, uh, Singapore, and others. How do you manage the supply chain of the other, other companies? Because whatever happens there can have a knock-on effect on yours. So supply chain management, it's, it's a concept of making sure that you do not work in silos, but rather turn the silos down into a pipeline so that if it's water, it can seamlessly flow through different um, uh, supply pipelines which have been coupled uh, together. So in this case, supply chain management is management of the activities of various uh, companies, which may be off-site or even on-site. And then embedded in it is logistics management, which is normally also integrating the internal functions of the grid, like um, marketing, production, uh, accounting. Each of them should not be working in silos that accountants think that I want to save, but the marketers will need the money to be able to uh, go and get a business. So you must be thinking for your function, but also thinking for how your function would affect the other uh, organizational functions. So we say that logistics management is intra uh, management of the organizational activities and supply chain management is external management of various activities of other companies. Right. So I'm looking at a couple of statistics that I have here. <coughs> I beg your pardon. And it says Africa loses, it, it talks about the amount of money that Africa loses every year as a result of of poor procurement. I mean, a, a, a report that I, I, I stumbled upon talked about the fact that Ghana loses $2 billion every year from sole-sourced contracts. Now, also, a, a survey by Deloitte from 2014 says 79% of companies with high-performing supply chains achieve revenue growth greater than the average within their industries. It's evident that the whole supply chain management, the whole concept is critical for um, revenue generation, for profitability. How critical is procurement within that supply chain framework? Yeah, yeah it's procurement, the role of procurement is, it sets a lot of organizational activities in motion. You procure, even you procure human resources. And how you procure human resources also has imp- impact on, on costs. You procure raw materials and others. So in this case, it means that if your procurement system is inefficient, from the beginning, you are disadvantaged because... What is an inefficient procurement system for the benefit of our listeners? Just, just to put perspective on this, we have, we have people from the, the, the corporate, yeah. uh, from, from private corporate organizations listening. We have people from the public sector. We have people from non-governmental organizations, churches political parties, yeah, yeah. what what would you call an inefficient First procurement system? An inefficient procurement system is a procurement system that is not competitive because we all know that com- competition uh, helps people to, to uh, be more efficient. In fact, doing things well and making sure that um, things are done at least costs. So you mentioned soul sourcing. Soul sourcing is one, one of the uncompetitive procurement systems, even though there might be reasons for soul sourcing, especially if the items are proprietary. But if you're going to buy stationery, uh, unless it's a very special stationery, either by A4, I don't see why you should do soul sourcing on A4 uh, sheets. And so if your procurement system is soul sourcing for one person, one person, definitely if there's no competition, I would, I would 
uh, up the, the markup cost uh, prices. And then at the end of the day, I'll be inefficient. So, so your first measure of, of um, an inefficient procurement system is lack of competition yes. or it being uncompetitive. Any other indicator? And then at the end of the day, it's also buying what you don't need, uh, especially in terms of determining quantities. People and organizations have had buy things that will last for 99 years. On, on, on a basis, we do want to buy items into uh, such long span of years. It will be waste because definitely things are changing. Technology is changing. By the time it re- the, the items uh, get finished, it would have become obsolete. Yeah, so uh, one is not buying what you need uh, and also unnecessarily buying in, in excess uh, amounts. But that also is a, it's a tight capital. <laughs> if you buy something into the next 10 years, 15 years, uh, definitely tight capital to, to that, that year. Can you possibly under, underbuy? Yes, you can also underbuy, but that is where you need to do a lot of um, um, using historical data and your own production planning and others. You must buy rights in the right quantity. And uh, unfortunately, we come back to technology. Technology will help you in, in uh, managing such, such uh, uh, issues. So buying rights, uh, the right size. Uh, so that's why in uh, one other system that we have is just in time, where Toyota uh, company use it a lot, where you don't, you don't buy things in stock. When the demand comes, there and there, you set the procurement system in, in place. Uh, but that one also means that you need other things in place, very efficient transportation systems, um, because you have reduced inventory to the barest minimum. And then your integration and, and we also come the integration and partnership with your suppliers must be very strong. And then you also have to use a lot of IT in terms of uh, managing your patients. 21 minutes past hour of 7 o'clock. If you just joined in, my guest is Abel Hammond. He's a president of the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport. As we begin to break down the subject of procurement, supply chain management, and logistics. Um, it is evident that from my interaction with many um, different organizational leaders and heads, it is evident that just paying attention to how things are procured for your organization, even on the price line alone, even with the same vendor, just settling down to a basic discussion that says, is this the best price you can give us? Can we take a second look at the price? Just a simple question like that can save your organization up to 20% of the cost of items. But the basic the, in, 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 the, in, in, the, in the regular situations, very few people ask or challenge when they are offered performer invoices or quotations because they assume it is non-negotiable. Mr. Hammond, what, what would you consider to be the most, the, 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 the effect, the cost, or the estimate of waste arising from poor practices along the entire value chain, not just with with procurements, but the whole value chain. How big an issue is waste within the corporate or pr- producing organizations and business organizations? How big an issue is waste? Uh, like I said, uh, your, com- your competitiveness starts from how competitive your procurement system is in terms of its agility, in terms of its the speed, and then the actual cost at which you buy things. <coughs> Let me just uh, inform you that I, I was just searching and I realized that even Australia, Australia is, is a, first, a first world country. And I was reading a report, uh, 2015 report, uh, about procurement inefficiencies. It didn't talk about issues of more practice or corruption, but it talked about inefficiency because they didn't do it right. And, and that cost them $2.5 billion. And what they said was that it was conducted by Deloitte. Uh, sorry, Deloitte. Uh, and what they said was that that inefficiency that resulted in $2.5 billion is the cost of the second Sydney airport, which they built. 
so inefficiencies in the in the Australian government's procurement system could deprive them of building a second Sydney airport, which cost two point five billion. You, this one is just the inefficiency. They didn't talk about about corruption, deliberate corruption, by the fact that they failed to do checks and balance and other things. So then, if you try to extrapolate to us here, where corruption is the the main issue of some of the more practices, then I can I can tell you that maybe it's incalculable. It would it would two point five billion for a whole hot, um, uh, a whole airport. And it can do a lot in Ghana. Will it be your suggestion that many companies that are operating at a loss or at break-even could be more profitable if they just went through the whole supply chain and checked waste as it occurs at various points in the business? Yeah, because um, waste, every waste means that it's taking money bit by bit from, from the company. The first is the upstream waste where you are buying from the source. If it's inefficient, then you, you, you lose big money. Uh, and the same uh, report puts it at uh, 9.2% of annual uh, revenue, annual revenue of, of, of companies. Yet that one was in Association of Contracts and Commercial Management, the 9.2%. Of, and can you imagine uh, a company like Amazon, if, let's say, they are inefficient procurement systems? Amazon, Amazon is uh, a Fortune 500 or so company, and they are eighth. <laughs> can you imagine that if... 9.2% procurement efficiency would take part of it. They are into billions of what? Uh, Dollars. Yes. And that's huge money. And that's upstream costs. Then when even the items come in, there are inefficiencies in the, the warehousing, storage, and others. There's the storage costs for everything that you store. Yeah. Uh, because of time, you don't mention them by security costs, uh, safety costs, obsolescent costs, and all those. That one to take part of it. Then the manufacturing uh, wasted also because of inefficiencies in the technology of of, of uh, the manufacturing systems. You also lose. And then at the end of the day, if um, the manufacturing system is not very good, there are a lot of wastage, physical wastage, where you're producing. Uh, mineral water, and then you see the cans cracked or something like that. That one, you also have to uh, put it aside. And that also is cost. Then after that, distribution cost. You put it in the, in the vehicle. Uh, before you reach where you are delivering it, there are um, wastages in terms of physical harm, uh, damage to the products. Or sometimes direct siphoning of the products. That's also what costs. So you have in the upstream wastage uh, internal wastage and then outbound uh, wastage. And when you put those things together, <laughs> the cost, I think, uh, is huge. Well, what, what would you put, I mean, even beyond distribution, where would you put um, inefficient collection of monies owed you by clients? Because it's a, it's, a, it's a huge source of waste for many companies. So even beyond distribution, I mean, collection is a big issue. I mean, um, uh, bad debts, money lost because um, invoices were not properly done, records were not properly kept, and followers were not. Where well, well, would you place that one? Those are administrative costs, inefficiencies, which, which leads to um, such uh, wastage. Um, if you look at a lot of these uh, top companies, the first thing is that before even you order and you bring their product, <laughs> money has been. You swiped your card and they've gotten their money. But in this part of our world, we've not yet even digitized. It's not that even mobile phone, mobile money is helping us a little bit in the digitization of payments. But companies would need to digitize payments. And that helps in, in collection because uh, individuals or patrons of uh, corporate products also want flexibility in payments. Why should I take my vehicle? I'm coming to pay 100 Ghana cities, take a taxi and come there and pay it also adapts what the cost. So, but if I can stay in my in my office and just from the internet, from my mobile phone, just uh, uh, send the money, it's, it's it's quicker and more efficient. So, companies must try to use digitization or digital platforms for for their payment systems.
I'm going to be telling you shortly why you must do that by MTN Mobile Money. But let me just summarize the areas that you have pointed to from the upstream all the way to the downstream. So you've talked about procurement waste, storage waste, manufacturing waste, distribution waste, and then administrative waste. Um, Transportation and distribution, of course, and admin waste. Um, Hidden in there somewhere is the relatives that come and take their products for free just because their cousin is the MD. So when you put this all together, you realize that if all those wastes were managed and were more efficient, probably profits could have increased or, or loss-making companies could have broken even or made profits. And who knows? Every one of these wastes deducts straight from the bottom line, and that's the, the, the danger associated with it. Um, let me ask you, Bo, how do we... Do these principles apply in a service organization, so a law firm, um, a cinema house, uh, an organization that doesn't do heavy-duty production? Do they also lose um, a bookshop? I mean, do they also lose... um, Do they also experience these kinds of waste? How, How does it manifest in a service organization? In service organizations where most of the time they use... Uh, knowledge and and human resource, uh, then it means that your procurement would be more of procurement of human resource and acquisition of knowledge. So if you're selling knowledge and you go and procure bad knowledge or substandard knowledge, the customers will reject it. Uh, so at the end of the day, let's say you are uh, producing a film. Then it means that what you need, you need apart from the gadgets that you, you have to procure, you need to procure the, uh, is it the artist or some The talents of the artist. Talent, okay. Yes. And you realize that certain talents, even when you're able to acquire them, people would see it as a very good product. And so, and if you don't acquire them properly, uh, then what happens is that they come and they, are, they will not be able to produce a good film. And you go there, people reject it. <laughs> it's become a waste. There are films that have, it, it was started to be blockbuster. It came out and it was a flop. Why was it a flop? Because probably, one, the, the uh, producer uh, failed to write a story well, uh, get people who could act it well, and even the marketing and all this. Uh, so when it comes to that, the wastage will not be physical, but it is seen more in the acceptance or rejection of the output. Then you realize that all that you did have come to waste. It is... 31 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock. This is Springboard of Virtual University. A discussion about procurement, supply chain, management as we build up to the Festival of Ideas. It's only 25 days to go and it's on the 16th of August 2018. And apart from the plenaries, the, one of the big highlights of the festival in the morning is the breakout sessions that involve different resource persons helping us to understand how these principles, strategy, technology and best practice are applicable within the space of their particular area of interest. Let me take a, a, a brief commercial break and tell you about the Ecobank token generation. So if you haven't as yet signed up to the Ecobank mobile app, let me tell you about the token generation, which is another great feature of the Ecobank mobile app. Imagine at 6 a.m. and you need to send money to your business partner or loved one, but no banks or mobile money agents are open. Later in the day, you find an agent, but he or she has insufficient funds. That's just not happening. With the Ecobank mobile app, you can now send money to anyone without moving from the comfort of your home. All you need is to open the Ecobank mobile app from your phone, tap Express Cash, enter your PIN, select ATM, and then select the account you're sending the money from. You will then be required to enter the amount in multiples of 20 Ghana CDs and your PIN to confirm the transaction. An 8 ticket token is automatically generated. Send the token by SMS, WhatsApp, or email to the recipient who can then redeem the cash using the cardless function on Ecobank ATMs nationwide. Recipient does not need to hold any bank any bank card to withdraw the cash from Ecobank ATMs. Download the Ecobank mobile app today from the Google Play Store or the App Store. Move on up and bank like a boss. Ecobank definitely is the Pan-African bank. The MTN Mobile Money or MTN Momo is the easiest and the fastest way to do your financial transactions. You can use your MTN Momo to send money, receive money, pay your bills, pay school fees, salaries, allowances, and also pay for your goods and services at any merchant point. Just observe the three golden rules to keep your MTN Momo account safe and secure. One. 
keep your MTN Momo pin safe. It's your secret. Ebo, don't let anyone know your, your pin. Not even me. Two, don't give away your MTN Momo transaction details to anyone. And then, of course, perform all your MTN Momo transactions yourself. Don't outsource that service to any other person. Keep your account safe and secure and continue to enjoy a fast and convenient Momo experience. Dial star 170 hash and just Momo it everywhere you go. Central University, Ghana's leading private Christian University and home to students from over 25 countries invites qualified students to join the 2018-2019 academic year. The university has 29 bachelor's and master's degree programs on offer. Just send the word admission to WhatsApp line plus 233-233-313180. I I like the number. Plus 233-233-313180. To request for a copy of the admission brochure with details about the institution, the undergraduate, graduate, and professional programs. Just apply now. And if you find yourself in Kumasi, visit our Kumasi campus at Ija near the Calvary Charismatic Center. Central University, raising transformational leaders through faith, integrity and excellence. It is 22 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. This is a discussion about strategy, technology and best practice. Let me say a big good evening to my friends from Akora 1983 year group as well as all Akoras who joined us on Monday for the Thanksgiving service. I am an associate Akora by marriage so let me salute Akoras before they withdraw my my license. <laughs> All right. So this discussion has spent time talking about supply chain management so far. We've looked at the entire value chain, the role of procurement, and also looked at the fact that waste can really eat away at the bottom line. That's the part that I really find very interesting. And we've looked at the, the various points of waste, procurement waste, storage waste, manufacturing waste, distribution waste, and of course, administrative inefficiencies and how they can literally swipe away um, or eat away at the company's profitability. Interestingly, I'm reading another report that says marketers predict that social media spend will grow by 89% in the next five years. They say social media spend as over as part or a percentage of the overall marketing budget is currently at almost 10%, 9.8%. But marketers plan to boost the share up significantly um, in the next five years. Now, we want to find out, as people prepare to spend on social media, what should they do? What should they not do? I have on the line Naoyo Kumoji. Naoyo is a social media strategist and, and also an educator on social media. And she will be facilitating the session at the Festival of Ideas on how companies can build a vibrant social media presence. Naoyo, good evening and welcome once again to Springboard. Good evening. Good evening to you and to all your listeners. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a blessing to to have you. Um, We are looking at um, strategy, technology, and best practice. So let's talk about best practice tonight. For a company that doesn't have a social media presence at all, a company that hasn't invested in social media and is finding itself um, struggling in terms of optimizing or efficiently using what has become one of the most dominant um, tools in business today, where do they start from in the first place? Well, um, that business has to consider its business values, first of all, what the company is about, because there are so many tools and so many platforms to be on. But, of course, the major ones are Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And they have to sit down and identify that because of our values, it's better we stick to this platform, because as a company, we can't be everywhere at the same time. Because sometimes you find out that a business can create several pages on all the accounts, but they have the problem creating content for all of them. So that new business or that business now starting out in social media has to consider how effective Facebook is going to be for us. What kind of content we are going to be posting on Facebook? What kind of um, posts, what kind of videos are we posting on Instagram? These are things you have to consider from the scratch before they even create the account. Because content is so key. Without content, you can't attract the audience or the market that you're looking for. You know, so you have to have, first of all, identifying the platforms, 
and then creating your content marketing strategy. Because through your content, you can draw such a large amount of prospective consumers or customers to your account. And without content, nobody will come. So this is very key. Content creation and then your engagement strategy. How are you going to plan to engage these people who are coming to your platform? So these are strategies that must be outlined first. And then you decide that, okay, because of this product that we have, let's create our Instagram page. This is what you are going to be putting on the page. Because of our product, let's show the value behind this product. So, for example, if the product is a detergent or it's a cleaning solution, what's the value that you are providing for your customers? It's a detergent that can be used in hospitals or it can be used in homes or schools. Show us how the product can be used. That's the value you are creating on Instagram. Because now social media also is all about visuals, photos and videos. The, the better the visual, the more people will come. So once you start projecting that value on those pages, people will be like, oh, okay, I didn't know that's how you could use this product. That's how it actually draws them. And over time, you can win them over to actually buy your product. So this, this is very important in terms of creating content, your engagement strategy, and then creating the page and loading the content onto these pages. These are one of the key things for a company to decide before they get on social media. And now you, you, you talk about these things with such fluency because they obviously are things that you have grown at your fingertips. But let me break it down for the benefit of a, co- a company listening out there that says, listen, right. I haven't done this before and I really wanted to get it right. Right. Where does the, where does the, what's the role of the personnel? Where do personnel come in? If you have nobody who understands these, um, these deliverables that you share, you talk about considering your business values before you even mm-hmm. set out on social media and then you identify three key areas um, yeah. looking at the platform, identifying the platform you want to go on, then your content strategy and then your engagement strategy. Now if what what kind of personnel must a company get to be able to deliver on these? You talk about visuals I presume you need a, you need a photographer or a videographer yeah. do yeah. you need a social media person? How, how do you set it up from the personnel side? Well, um, I, I'm, I'm going to assume that that company would have let's say a marketing manager or a marketing executive. That person must be trained in digital marketing, first of all. So they must have an idea or not just an idea, but they must have the necessary skills and expertise when it comes to social media and digital marketing. Then, of course, in-house, you must have a graphic designer because there are creatives that that person must design before the content is pushed on. We must have a photographer, like you're saying. That photographer should be able to create photos or shoot photos or create videos around the product. If they don't have it, they have the option of outsourcing these services to established companies that are already around and helping companies to do this or to create the content. But in-house, if they are trying to maybe reduce costs and they want to use their in-house personnel, you need people with the skills of creating photos and videos and having a graphic design. These are the three key people that you must have in-house. That's the sort of personnel you must have. I get, I get the sense that the new digital economy is creating jobs for a different category of people. So suddenly a bank, a law firm mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. having to consider its personal requirements and it's looking at a photographer or mm-hmm. or a videographer or a graphic designer, something that previously mm-hmm. um, a firm in a particular kind of industry may not even consider at all as being one of their, their, their human resource needs. At the same time, I also presume that it is, <laughs> it is shifting opportunity away from other areas or, or other other kinds of people, and so it is opening doors for some, and then closing doors uh, for some. Uh, now you haven't put this 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 team together. I mean, getting your graphic designer, your videographer, your photographer, and training your executives in digital marketing, etc., etc. Let's swing to the commonly made mistakes because. When you mention the fact that you can create platforms, several platforms, and get excited, meanwhile you don't have content um, to 
to mm-hmm. flood these platforms. My mind went to the fact that a company, a particular company, put out a, a social media page for customers to give them feedback. And mm-hmm. in, in all, it sounded like a very good idea, but there was only one problem. Yeah. There wasn't anyone monitoring the page. So the customers put the complaints there, all the issues there, and nobody responded. And then it got worse. It became a flood, and the, and then and then the anger increased. In the end, it was almost like if they hadn't even put the page out, it would have been good. What are the commonly made mistakes in in companies um, as far as social media is concerned? That, that's a very good um, observation there, and it's it's not just that, but there are several mistakes that a lot of businesses are committing on social media. They are not listening enough. They are not monitoring their social accounts. So what most businesses do is once they post a photo, they leave it. Nobody is going to monitor and see the engagement. Did somebody respond, right? Has somebody commented? Meanwhile, there are apps that we can all download. Every business can download from the Play Store App Store to monitor the content and everything that they post on Facebook, for example, or Instagram. So we have the Pages app. So pages, for example, help the brands to always stay connected, to be able to respond to their customers, whether it's inquiries, you know, because you can always get notifications that somebody has sent you a message or somebody has commented. So you must always have somebody assigned, okay? If it's your business, don't think that you can do it alone. And that's the mistake a lot of small and medium-scale businesses are doing, that they create their accounts. Let's say that the, the CEO of the company has created the Instagram page or has created the Facebook page, and they are managing the page themselves. But you will not have the time to do that, and you don't have the time to monitor the engagement as in the comments that are coming through on the page. And unfortunately, people do not have the patience to, you know, um, wait two, three days before their, 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 their issues are addressed. So they will take their anger and their frustration onto their personal Facebook pages and tell their friends how unresponsive you are as a company or as a brand, which goes against you, definitely. You know, and it's not just um, pages, but there are so many other apps, okay, that every brand out there must be able to monitor what's going on on these pages. Now, before you go, tell us why people should come to your breakout session at the Festival of Ideas on the 16th of of August. Why companies should send their managers to your breakout session? I really want to stress on the new trends when it comes to social media marketing because right now there's such a, a big blowout when it comes to what's happening on Instagram, what's happening on, on Facebook because both of them have really expanded to such a degree that the new features that are there that can really help your business, I feel like there's not enough knowledge and not enough awareness. So I'm going to be talking a lot about the new trends when it comes to social media marketing, how it can benefit your business, how it can turn your your returns on investments in social media. It can actually turn them into sales. How you can acquire more customers, you know, through your Instagram and through your Facebook. And we are going to be looking at um, not just a presentation, but then it's going to be group activity and it's going to be very practical with um, hands-on sessions and hands-on um, work, working activities so that we are not just learning, you know, we are not just um, listening to the presentation, but we are actually trying it for ourselves. And then I'm also going to be talking a lot about influencer marketing and how Facebook advertising and Instagram advertising is no longer enough as a business or as a manager out there, if you put money or you're investing in Facebook advertising, it's no longer enough, and you have to start looking at influencer marketing. So I'm going to be talking a lot about how to find the right influencers to work with and how to manage them, because they are the ones who are going to give you a better return on on your investment when it comes to social media marketing. One thing is certain, I'll be sitting in your group and I'm listening. Now I'll come with my connected phone and my connected tablet, ready to ready to mine the knowledge that you have in that area. Thank you very much, right. Naoyo Kumoji. Thank you very much, Doc. Thank you very much, everyone. All right, so that's um, Naoyo Kumoji. She'll be handling the session on social media. It's going to be very interesting, um, Abel. You'll be talking about... Um, supply chain management logistics and how people can engage in best practice in that area now noyo has has lined up social media and how companies can benefit from it what's your big takeaway from what she just said 
the what he said. I, she said uh, I realized um, I had the same concept, especially when uh, she talked about people wanting to just advertise on social media, and now we are moving to influential uh, marketing. I was going to say that because, for example, Obama has excess of 70 million people following him on his Twitter alone. If Obama endorses, as I saw one time, endorsing a UNICEF um, venture, immediately 78 million people around the world. (laughs) I'm licking my lips. I've seen it. So... And it will be better. They will follow him. They will not go to CNN. Right. When we come back to you, let me just quickly tell our listeners about the various um, opportunities available to them at the Festival of Ideas. And so for the morning, the morning, the three plenaries, one will be about the future of jobs. I'm very, I'm looking very, very, I'm looking forward to that presentation very much. I'll be talking about the future of jobs. The prediction by the World Economic Forum about jobs that will shrink and jobs that will expand. And now you were just alluding to some new opportunities. I'm going to give you specifics about jobs that will um, shrink and jobs that will increase um, as a result of the new economy. And then I'm also going to um, share some statistics with you about how you can make yourself um, inevitably considerable. If I may use that, I may, I may use the, the language of a very good friend of mine, um, indispensable in your organization. Elsie Awajid, the second deputy governor of the Bank of Ghana, will talk about compliance and best practices. And Frank, Franklin Asari, um, our enterprise architect of Oracle, will talk about the pillars of the digital economy. The breakout sessions will be financed and budgeting by Eva Mens of the Ministry of Finance. Um, human Capital Development by Amar Bene and Ponsan of MTN. Project Management by Ken Ashigbe. We will have corporate communications and public relations by Rita Abachegna of Ecobank. Sales and marketing by Gladys Amwa of Unilever. Information technology, the pillars of the digital economy by Franklin Asari. Um, good governance by Comfort Okran. And then corporate compliance by Elsie Awaji again. That's the breakout. And then, of course, procurement, supply chain and logistics management by um, Abel Hammond. And then social media by Naoyo Kumoji. In the evening is what we call the night with great minds. It will start with the um, rendition by the Accra Symphony Orchestra Illumina and in the main plenaries you will have um, dinner with Kwekwa, which is CEO of Talo talking about the changing phase of management strategy. And then Yolanda Cuba will be talking about technology an enabler or a disruptor. And then we'll have that big colloquium where CEOs debate um, the, 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 the theme for the day, each one sharing their perspectives about interesting ideas that they've used and successfully um, implemented. And the final will be the keynote address by Dr. Mensa Otabel. If you want to make a date with us, and if you want information about the Festival of Ideas sent to you by WhatsApp, just send WhatsApp to 024-9999-555, or check out the Daily Graphic tomorrow for a full advert of the Festival of Ideas. Let me end by telling you why you must be at the teenpreneurship. If you're a teenager listening to us or you're a parent and you're saying all these nice things, what about my teenage child? Train up a child in the way he or she should go, and when they grow, they will not depart from it. And so this week we've been hanging out with one of the f- the very first attendees at the 2010 um, Teenpreneurship Conference who, after listening to a presentation at age 10 about how to write a business plan, decided to build a business venture, an airline that would match British Airways. He came on this station and said, I will build an airline called Orbit Airline, and that airline will beat British Airways. Everybody called laughing and saying, how can a 10-year-old talk like that? Well, to give you some good news, eight years after, this young man won the Joy FM um, um, Read 100 contest, won the CTFM Right Away contest, went on to get a scholarship, went to Fanspim School, and then went on to get a scholarship to Singapore into United, United World College. To, uh, he's living out his dream, and now he's going to University of Rochester in, in the United States on his full scholarship. When we bring that young man into the studio, you will understand why a little spark, a little in, inspiration and motivation can transform the life of a young person and put the whole world at their feet. On on Monday the 20th to Friday the 24th of August, 
hundreds of teenagers in Ghana will gather at the Kofianan ICT Center at Ridge to learn day one, robotics, day two, app development, day three, coding and software design, day four, illustration and animation, and day five, photography and videography. Mark that day five. That's the one that they are looking for. <laughs> photography and videography is the one that... Um, now, Yokumwaji mentioned, if you have a teenager in your home, anybody aged between 12 and 18, just get them to sign up to Teenpreneurship 2018. It's a five-day non-residential training um, camp at the Kofianan Center put together by the Springboard Ratio Foundation with support from the Kofianan Center, Letty Arts, Farm House Productions, MIM. MIIT and then the Graphic Communications Group and there is a company. So get your teenager to attend and send a WhatsApp or call 024-999-555. So that's it for Teenpreneurship and that's it for the Festival of Ideas. Coming up next, a work with Jesus and we'll be talking about regulation of religious bodies. In the light of some excesses here and there, should government oversee or regulate faith-based organizations? My brother, Reverend Ransford Abose, will host the immediate past General Secretary of the Christian Council of Ghana, Reverend Dr. Kavuna Opunifrimpo. I have my very strong opinion about that one and I'll text it to Pastor Ransford before I leave the studio. Your closing thoughts, Ibo and Ibo, Ibo, I almost said Ibo, and I have a, a brother, a colleague called Ibo, and Ibo Hammond on, on the subject of um, strategy, technology, best practices, and very importantly, why push come to the Festival of Ideas? Just to close. This world, we are competing with ideas. Um, people are dominating other countries because they have ideas that are superior to other uh, countries. And so, just like you mentioned, the 10-year-old uh, boy, when you get a, a best idea, then at the end of the day, you have a competitive edge. So, and the good thing is that it's a festival of ideas. So, so there'll be many flowing around. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Depends. So, thank you very much, Abu Hamon, for joining us tonight. And I'm sure that next week we'll continue this build up to the festival of ideas. If you want more information, 024 I want to say a big thank you to you all for listening. My name is Albert Okran, and on behalf of Comfort, Matthew, Priscilla, Amos, and Emmanuel, God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus two three three two four nine 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 nine. Zero zero zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. Oh, 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 oh,